Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. What's one quality uh, you see in great leaders? You know, Matt's a really good question. And I appreciate giving me a little heads up on that question. Maybe it gave me some time to think about it. Um, but I would say for me, there's so many traits that we can steal from great leaders. Uh, but I know for me, one that I have, like, I just hold on to almost white knuckle style is adaptability. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that great leaders, you know, we go with a game plan. We go in with what we think is going to work best. And we you know, commit to it. We prepare. We we've all those different things. Uh, but when we actually start the game or when we start whatever we're leading people through, um, we have to adapt to the actual situations. Um, I think for us as basketball coaches, as we're leading, right? Like I, I read a quote from Roy Williams one time. He said, if you're still running your game plan six minutes into the game, you're probably doing something wrong. Wow. And that really stuck out to me as a coach um, that, that, yes, we have our game plan, but what is actually happening in real time? And I, I think that's something for me that has helped me level up my leadership is being able to be adaptable. You know, what's going on right now? How can we adjust? I mean, we could go coach after coach at the college and pro level, how they've changed their styles over the years, how, um, you know, they've just done things a little bit differently. Uh, you mentioned earlier, right? The difference between coaching, if you coach for 20 years, are you coaching 20 different seasons or one season 20 times? Wow. And so I think one thing that great leaders do and that we should all steal and borrow from is the ability to be adaptable with what's going on in our environment around us. It's hard to hear. I, I completely agree. Here, when I ask that question or when I, and I hear answers, I think naturally I enjoy listening to an answer that I already am in line with and I yeah. don't struggle with. When I hear an answer like that, what do a quality you see in great leaders, you say adaptability and you give all these great reasons or, or ways of showing that it just highlights to me that's an area of weakness that I have. Even take it down to the one situation of in-game changes. I think people would not use that term with me. They would think he's going to start this way and he's going to forge ahead no matter what. So how in games, I mean, how do you create more or have the ability to, to adapt more in games? It's a really good question. And, you know, I think we're, we're definitely all different as coaches. Uh, and then we have to try to, you know, adjust, like I said. But one thing that served me really well is listening to my players. And now if we're going to backtrack, you know, early in the season, preseason, um, years of building a program, right, you build those relationships over time. So I'm not just saying, coaches, like the day one, all 12 players on your team have equal say or you should listen to, you know, everything and try everything. Um, but over time, as I've built relationships with my players, especially ones who care about the game at such a deep level that the losses hurt them so much, um, but passionate about it, is being able to listen to their ideas. Like, I'll actually, I'll never forget, it was about two or three years ago when I was at Cassidy High School in Oklahoma City. And one of our players, his name is Jackson. Um, he's playing Division Three basketball at Kenyon right now. And during the middle of practice one day during a break, he came over to me, he's like, coach, I got to tell you, like our defensive coverage um, in this specific defense, it doesn't make sense to me. And I was like, and he, again, very smart. Kenyon's one of the top 20 liberal schools in the country. Like Jackson was a thinker. And I said, okay, Jackson, we'll explain. It makes sense to me. hundred percent makes right. sense to me. That's why we're doing it. Uh, how does it not make sense to you? And he said, well, coach, I think if we, and then he just explained two simple adjustments, two simple adjustments. So that if we did that with our personnel, with our style, 
um, I think we'd be a little more successful. And I was like, all right, well, hey, let's try it out. Why not? You know, let's, let's, let's throw it out there. Let's see what happens. And I think sometimes as coaches, like when we were players, we remember seeing the game differently than our coaches saw it yeah. from a different angle, different perspective. But then when we like sit in the seat on the end of the bench, we forget about that. And so like that completely changed our defensive coverage. Like it was something that was simpler for the players to understand. Um, they were definitely bought in because their team had come up with it. Um, but just in that moment, man, it changed our defense and we were, we were so much more efficient. So I think that's part of being adaptable as coaches, like listening to our assistant coaches, listen to the players in our team. Like it's one thing for us to, to go to great coaching clinics and hear successful coaches and talk about it and the things they do. And we want to steal and borrow those things. Yeah. But my question is always the filter I try to use, will this work with my group of guys or my group of girls? Because it's different. Um, you know, college coaches, they can recruit to a certain system. They can have a certain type of player they want. At the high school level, we have who we have. And so we have to kind of figure it out as we go. But I think it's one piece of being adaptable is just listening to our players, especially, like I said, those leaders on a team that care so much. And when they have an idea, hey, let's listen to it. Let's try it out. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? A bad possession or two? Um, I don't know about you, Matt, but I've had a couple bad possessions as a coach or I've called the wrong thing or right. we look pretty silly. So, uh, yeah, just being adaptable and, and maybe taking uh, taking what a player I say every once in a while, that's been super beneficial for me. I think that's such a cool way to to allow players to gain ownership, even more ownership mm -hmm. in the process and in, in, in the program and, and probably a sign of a really healthy culture is when they, one, feel like they can approach you with something and aren't immediately going to be shot down. Like, hey, mm -hmm. quiet, you're a player, I'm the coach. Do you see the difference? Like, <laughs> you know, like if, if they know that they can come to you and, and that they'll actually be heard. And then the fact that you would put it into play and experiment, because you're right. I think uh, one when, so if, if we want to try to be more adaptable as a coach, I think one thing that has to lead to that is security in yourself. Like actually being mm -hmm. secure in the fact that you don't know everything, but you are in control of the direction, but bringing more people to align with you and to get be involved with you in the process is ultimately going to lead to more success. I think as a younger coach, I probably wasn't secure enough to mm -hmm. allow players or even assistant coaches at times to give me feedback that might've actually helped us on the floor. That's really good. I think it's almost like a teeter-totter piece because I know for me personally, about a handful of years ago, it was one of my toughest seasons as a coach. And I was completely going into the season and most season, I was completely confident who I was, my ability, the way I saw the game, thought the game. And I actually let too many voices in. And it became to the point where no one knew who to listen to. We were yeah. a newer staff together. And so there were a lot of different ideas in the room and I was trying to validate those ideas, but almost too much validation at times. And not that there were bad ideas, but um, it kind of became the question was, who do I listen to? <laughs> do I listen to my teammate? Do I listen to the assistant coach? Do I listen to Coach McLeod? Like, where does it all fit in? And so that was where, yeah, by the end of that season, man, talking about reads, I'd love to go about, about halfway through that season and hit the reset button um, because we got too out of control with the number of voices that we had in the locker room on the court. So yeah, I think that's that's the whole art and the science, right, of coaching. That's is right. The art is figuring out when to listen, when to validate, and when to say, hey, okay, love it, so many ideas. I'm the head coach, this is our decision, win or lose, this is what we're going with right now. Um, so that's a great point you brought up. The same way that we want to outline how we warm up, 
Like we take Mm -hmm. up, I mean, I'm assuming, right? We take a part of a practice and say, listen, guys, this is how we sit on the bench. You know, this is how we sub in. This is how we uh, warm up. This is how we come during timeouts and how we stand. The same way that you set up those procedures is the same. I think another conversation is, all right, when you see something as a player, this is how I'd like for you to come. I want you to come talk to me, but this is how I'd like for you to do it. it. In the middle of a timeout, when I'm giving you things that, and where's 10 seconds left, not a good time to bring something yeah. up in front of the group. If you disagree with something that, that I'm saying or that I'm doing, or you have a question one-on-one with me, you know, at, at a practice in a moment where you can tell that, I, that I'm free. And, and same things with coaches too. Give them your assistant coaches, give them a framework or a plan of attack when they do see something so that you're not in a timeout and everybody's bringing a piece of advice in and nothing happens because of it. Right. Yeah. Actually through that season and you must be true. I know as a coach and as a dad, as a husband, like when things go wrong at times, that's when we figure out, okay, how would I, how would I do it differently the next time? I think that's mm-hmm. part of being adaptable coach for us as a program. When we discovered the three-step process of communication of right time, right place and right attitude, it was an absolute game changer for us. And just like you said, we had to define each of those areas. Like what is the right t- middle of a timeout, 30 seconds to go, we're down two, not the right time. Right place, depending on what's going on, if it's playing time. I um, mean, as a player, you want to talk about playing time. Well, in front of the rest of the team, when you're questioning why someone else is playing over you, it's not the right time, uh, or I'm sorry, the right place. And then the right attitude. You know, I, I think for any player, they should have the right to bring up concerns with their coaches and to talk about things. And if, if their coaches handle it well, that's, you know, it's on us as coaches, but players, you have to have the right attitude. Same thing goes for us as coaches. We're talking to our assistants, we're talking to administration, parents mm-hmm. in our program, players in our program. Do we have the right attitude in that conversation? Because even if we're right, I still think we can be wrong at times if yeah. we miss out on that attitude. You see, and we define those three things. Oh man, that next year, it was like, let's go. Like we were rolling, kind of found our niche. Uh, with right time, right place, right attitude. It worked really well for us. That nugget right there, those three things, because I think as coaches, we're searching for clarity and, and mm-hmm. a way to, and that's what PGC does such a great job of, is is teaching the game in a way that is sticky, that you'll remember, and it's clear. And I don't know if I've had a good way of, when I, I, when I tell players exactly how I want them to talk to me, I don't have a process like that. So if if the rest of this talk you don't say any, no, it'll be it'll be good. But those three th- those three things right there, I think were really impactful for sure. It actually came out of my marriage. My wife and I were having a conversation of I didn't always bring up things the right way when I was frustrated, and through that discussion, um, we identified those three things with us in our relationship uh, with our kids and how they approached us. And I was like, you know what? This is working pretty well at home. Maybe I should uh, take it over to the gym and see how it works as well. And yeah, Yeah. any area of life, right time, right place, right attitude. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.